gentlemen, to this edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. Have we got a treat for you? Um, there are two gentlemen that I have so much respect for, Carl Gallops and Mike Zulo. Now, Carl Gallops has been on, on our program before, and uh, he's just a tremendous man of character and integrity, as is Mike Zulo. Now, if those names ring a bell, of course, Mike Zulo, just fresh off of a press conference, Sheriff Joe Arpaio, the cold case, Maricopa County cold case posse press conference yesterday, giving a final investigative uh, uh, layout of the document that was placed on the White House website. That's whitehouse.gov. It was uploaded or uh, available for view on April, I believe it was April 27th, 2011. Now, you might ask why this, why, why is this important, for example? A couple of things out, out of the gate. I am a fan of the work of M. Stanton Evans. And he had done, he's the author of a couple of books, including Blacklisted by History, which gets into the real story of McCarthy, his search for communist infiltration in the government. And also, this book here, which I grabbed just as a refresher, which is uh, Stalin's Secret Agents. And this is about the subversion of Roosevelt's government by communist agents in, well, in the federal government. Now, that's not what this segment is about. This segment is, is a very narrow segment about one thing, and that is the document that was uploaded to the White House to the whitehouse.gov website on April 27th, 2011. That's what this this section is about. That's why I've asked uh we've asked uh, uh Mike Zulo, who was the lead investigator on this issue, spent 5 years of his life on this issue alone. 5 years. A 5-year investigation. Now, I think about that because that that's an amazing length of time. So he's on with Carl Gallops, and you know him, of course, Pastor Carl Gallops. He's been our, on our program before. Links to the original press conference and Carl Gallops' website under the uh, within the article on HagmanReport.com. And I'll just say this: this is not about eligibility. This is not about where Obama was born. This is not about uh, anything except that document. And you might ask why we're talking about it now. Obama's got 34 days left in office. Well, you talk about the integrity of our government. If that is, if that is of concern to you, the investigative findings of investigator Mike Zulo and Sheriff Joe Arpaio's cold case posse have staggering, profound disturbing implications so I would like everyone listening and viewing this tonight to think bigger to look at the bigger broader picture and consider the implications I'm not going to keep our guests waiting I'm going to bring them on right now in fact uh, it's it's my understanding that uh, uh, Carl Gallops and Mike Zulo spent the day together and uh, I think they're I think both of them are still okay, right? I spoke with uh, Mike Zulo earlier today, and uh, uh, I don't know. I heard some uh, 
Heard, heard some scratching and clawing. I'm, I'm kidding, of course. Uh, I, w- I want to bring on Carl Gallus first. Carl, welcome to the Hagman. Welcome back to the Hagman and Hagman Report. Oh, thank you, man, so much for having me. I'm honored, and thank you for the kind things you said about me. Yeah, Mike and I are uh, thrilled to be here with you. We're looking forward to telling this story tonight. Well, we're looking forward to hearing the story, and we understand the implications. And Investigator Mike Zulo, thank you so much for your service, your five years of sacrifice. I know you took a lot of hits in this. I know you have uh, had your reputation uh, attacked, besmirched unfairly, as as Sheriff Joe Arpaio did. I know that there's been a lot of misinformation, including misinformation from our own uh, shall I say from within the movement those people seeking the truth maybe well intentioned maybe not but certainly some some erroneous information and uh, thank you for clearing that up yesterday and thank you for coming on and not just clearing that up today but also getting into the meat and potatoes of this well this document that appeared on whitehouse.gov uh, so Mike Zulo, welcome to the Hagman Report Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I am really looking forward to spending the next two hours with you. Oh man, we are too. I'll tell you, we've been, I've been looking forward to this for ever since John had told me that you're going to appear. Um, I'm going to turn this over to Carl. Carl, you kind of, obviously you've spent some time with, with Mike and, and, uh, uh, you kind of know pretty much, you've got a good feeling about where this goes and, and you're the, prof- you're really a, a professional, um, I mean, you, you, you kind of know the, the lay of the land in this case. So can you give us an introduction here, what our listeners need to know about this issue? Yeah, let me just give you the short version, and then if you have questions, of course, that's what Mike and I are here for, and we can go into as much detail as you want. But the short version is this. Uh, anyone over the last five years, and really before then, but five years ago is when that document was put on the government website. Anyone who has dared to question the government narrative, the White House narrative, the mainstream media, which I now call the real fake news narrative, anyone who has dared to just question it. I'm not saying that you know people uh, just said it's out and out a fake document. I'm talking about people who just said, you know, this looks odd. Uh, What's wrong with this? Well, uh, many, I mean, all, all of us have been lampooned and lamblasted and marginalized and besmirched and maligned, lied about. Well, we are now vindicated. Uh, and, and that's, that's important because, because the short version of this is that this investigative team led by Mike Zulo now has concluded with the uh, verification of two national, international document expert entities on two different continents using two different methodologies, unaware that either one was working on it, they have arrived at the same conclusions uh, based upon the forensic element evidence that you will hear about tonight, and most of your audience probably has already seen the video and perhaps saw the uh, news conference last night. But the bottom line is we now know that the document on the White House website is a fabricated forgery. Not only do we know that, but what we know it with, the evidence, is courtroom-ready kind of evidence. This is the kind of evidence you take to court to 
to uh, convict somebody and you know and, and 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 put them in prison. I mean, I mean, this is when I was a law enforcement officer. This is the kind of stuff you dreamed of having. This is the DNA, if you will, of this case. And what is it that we have? We now have the source document that was used to create the document that's on the White House website that's been passed off for five years as some kind of official identification of Barack Obama. It is not official identification. It's a fabricated forgery. Not only do we have the source document, but we know the name on the source document, one Johanna Ani, yeah, Ani, Johanna Ani, and, as I said, two forensic experts, uh, uh, entities, one in Italy, the other one in Hawaii, and Mike will explain all about that. Given all of the information that we were collecting, uh, or that Mike was, I want to say we, I don't mean I, I collected it, but that Mike was collecting, um, they arrived at the same conclusion. In fact, uh, Mike, I'll let you, I don't want to steal your thunder, uh, you can give them the, the, the last paragraph of, of Reed Hayes' uh, conclusion. It was just powerful. Now, the, now the, the lab out of Italy was just as powerful, but, but I loved Reed, Reed Hayes' uh, colorful language. But it's just amazing. So, so the bottom line is, that's what the news conference was about last night. Um, in fact, Mike has just called it up here on the computer, uh, Doug, and he's asked me to read it. But well, here's what Reed Hayes says in his executive summary. This is what he concludes with. The executive summary is four or five pages long, and his report will be dozens of pages long. But and, and Mike will tell you more about Reed Hayes later, uh, and his, his credentials are impeccable, and they're very, very impressive. But this is what he says after examining the evidence that we're going to talk about tonight and that they presented last night. Here's his paragraph. The evidence noted herein is clear and convincing proof that the Obama Certificate of Live Birth posted on the White House website on April 27, 2011, is a fraudulently manufactured document. Evidence indicates that the certificate of live birth of Johanna Ani is one source utilized in the construction of the certificate of live birth. Then he says the quote nail in the coffin end quote that proves the certificate of live birth is inauthentic is the exact lineup of numerous entries on both the certificate of live birth of Obama and the Ani certificate. Respectfully submitted, Reed Hayes, document examiner, et cetera, et cetera. So I mean it's just I mean it's just it's it's just profound. And 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 the people in Italy arrived at the same kinds of conclusions and we'll talk more about the details. But that's the short version of the story. The we version. now know that we now know that it's a fake. We know the source document. We know who it belongs to. And we, we can clearly see, and we have the video evidence for anybody to look at, the elements as they were cut and pasted. We can see how that was done. And they were moved exactly in the same pattern right on over to the Obama, whatever that was, some pattern they were using, some template, we're not sure. But they manufactured that document. And that is a, that, that's astounding because now, Doug and Joe, you have to ask why. Why, why would yes. people commit crimes? Why would people produce a forgery, a fraud, uh, for the President of the United States and defraud the American public for eight years, two terms? Why would they do that? The answers to that are not good, Doug. No, n- not at all. And uh, numerous federal 
laws have been have been broken i would suspect i mean just based on my research and folks um the two the, the two investigative uh companies include Forlab and Reed Hayes, both very well respected. Forlab the the foremost in digital uh forensics, forensic digital uh, technicians at Forlab and also Reed Hayes, you can't get much better than that in terms of uh, uh questioned document examiner. So and and also you mentioned since since you Started out with this, uh, Mr. Gallus, um, uh, jo- Joanna on knee. Uh, I, I would probably, it'd probably be well to point out that she's not, uh, this person is not a suspect, but in an investigative lead at this point. Uh, because some people who are following this investigation uh, might think right away, oh my goodness, you know. Do we have a smoking gun with respect to Johanna Ani being a suspect? No, investigative lead, as Mike Zulo had uh, stated yesterday. All right, there it is. I mean, there there is the bottom line. But uh, it, it, yeah, okay. So, Mike, if you can explain, I mean, August 2011, you were you were tasked with this. Did, did you even think that this was going to take you down this this path that you were <laughs> that you find yourself going down? My goodness. Doug, to tell you the truth, absolutely not. Um, neither Sheriff or Pyre nor I thought there was any validity to the claim. Hmm. And we uh, wanted to actually clear the document. Uh, my mandate from the Sheriff was, Mike, take a look at this. There's nothing going to be here. Just clear the document and let's move the country forward. And that was the original mandate, and that's how I approached it. But in about 24 hours, there proved to be something seriously wrong with it, and I had to go back and report to him that I, I can't do that for you. There's there's something here. Yeah, and, and you had come, you had been forthright yesterday in your in, in the press conference. You said, "Look, I'm a Republican. You're a conservative. You're," uh, and I'm paraphrasing here. You're everything that uh, uh, most people, you know, that who are against this topic uh, don't like. Uh, so you're forthcoming. But but the the, the fact of the matter is. Uh, you allowed, like any good investigator, you allowed the uh, evidence, you let the evidence determine the course and the direction of the investigation. You did not let any bias. Uh, if anything, you were probably too, even too hard on, on yourself um, with respect to uh, wanting to clear this as opposed to wanting to prove this a forgery. So, all right, yeah, you, yeah. Uh, so, okay, within, uh, what did you first find? I mean, what was the first... Uh, First anomaly that you found uh, with the, with respect to the document. Well, back in 2011, you know, I had uh, interviewed Jerry Corsi uh, for about 16 hours, and you know, Jerry will tell you the first 14 hours. I, I I'm surprised he stayed because I wasn't buying anything. I didn't I didn't believe this. You know, <laughs> there were things that he was showing me, and I was like, yeah, this is all nice, but a computer can do that. A com- computer can do this. But um, right around that 14th, 15th hour, he started to show me the way the register stamp was moving around the document. Mm. And that got my attention. That, that did get my attention. And then the way the register stamp was imported on its own layer, and these two date stamps were imported on their own layers. And I thought that to be very suspicious because date stamps would have been important if you were fabricating a document to give an appearance. It happened some time ago. The register stamp and the, and the date stamp next to the register stamp were imported on their own layers. I found that compelling because, again, something that would make it look authentic kind of is sitting out there by itself. 
And then he showed me, during course, he was in possession of the ANI document. And when looking at the ANI document, you could see with the naked eye that those angles on those date stamps were very similar. The whole document, even though one would expect it's a birth certificate, they're all kind of going to look the same, this one just was eerily similar. It was There's something, I couldn't tell you what it was, but I heard the story of how he got it, and I said, you know what, I need this document. I need to take this document from you. And since 2011, it's been in our possession. Um, wow. What we did after that is we made an overlay. We took the ANI certificate and we copied it on a transparency. And then we overlaid it on top of a copy of the Obama certificate. And, boy, those date stamps were really close. And the date stamps, why they were so intriguing to me was because they are placed by hand. And you have to put a, you have to use a bait stamper to put them on by hand. And it was just kind of uncanny that they were so similar in angles. And I, I mean very similar, but they were not exact at that point. Um, subsequently, I looked at a couple more Internet documents. I could find some birth certificates at that time online. And the Nordyke twins were available. And I looked at those, and nothing looked like this. So I, we, we held on to that. And then as the course of the investigation happened, we go back to focusing on the Obama document. And the ANI was kind of put aside, but always in the back of my mind. The way Jerry Corsi came in contact with the document was through a mutual friend of his, Mickey Booth, right. who was very prominent in the birther movement. And she had an acquaintance, Johanna Ani. And they made arrangements for Johanna to show Jerry Corsi her birth certificate. But Jerry Corsi has the documents to prove that this was about 10 days after the release of the long-form birth certificate at WhiteHouse.gov. Okay. So this materializes after the release. So when I heard the story, the story is a little suspicious to me, obviously. I still, at least, at least now I have something that was released. It looks kind of similar, but the story just wasn't sitting that well with me. As time would go on, we ended up going out to Hawaii with the intent, again, of trying to clear this issue up and clear the document. And in that time frame, we went to the Department of Health in Hawaii. We went to Kapolani Medical Center, and I interviewed Johanna Ani twice while we were out there. And she does maintain the story, and I don't want to get into this part of it, and you could understand why, but there's some parts sure. of the story that are troubling to me, but yes. I can't say for certain that she isn't telling me the truth. So at this point in time, I have to take her at her word, but I'm not, I can't clear her. But that doesn't mean she's guilty. I, I just can't corroborate some information here. Um, and the only concern is, was that the only time you were out of possession of your birth certificate? And why this becomes important is, if she wasn't out of possession of her birth certificate like she claimed, this certificate was acquired from her, a copy of her 50-some-odd-year-old birth certificate. She was born only 16 days, I believe, after Obama 
at Capolani Medical Center. Um, she got a copy of this in 1995. It's all notarized and everything on the back. It, it's 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 a real birth certificate. That's when it was issued in 95, right? Ooh, uh, 95. That's when they released their, their certified copy, hard copy okay. document. And that's an important right. fact here, too. This is not a PDF file. This is a hard copy document that we're in possession of. Um, she has it in 95, and she claims it's always been in her file drawer, locked away. And it's because someone had requested uh, to see her birth certificate, which was Mickey Booth, that she uh, showed it to Jerry. When Jerry was there, he asked to keep it, wanted to run some high scans off it. She agreed. And in the interim is when we got involved and, and I met Jerry. So if we believe that story, if that's going to be the story, if that's the story that works, if that's the story that's true, the bigger problem here is well, where did her birth certificate come from? And if that has never been out of anyone else's possession but hers, then you have to start looking towards the Department of Health in Hawaii as mm. to where her certificate was obtained. So this thing starts to grow hair as you start to, you know, work with it. And that would actually point then to an inside job, which isn't unusual. There are court cases. There are cases that just happened in New Jersey uh, a couple of years ago where the feds busted a Department of Health because the director was creating falsified birth files and then selling those files to illegal immigrants. The illegals would come in, ask for their birth certificate. The unsuspecting clerk would look at the file. Everything looked in order and issue a certificate. And they were all fraudulent. So it's not out of the realm of possibility that something happened inside there. Okay. Um, so this is still an un, uh, you know part of the puzzle that's unanswered, but it's also part of the puzzle that's better left for federal investigators to deal with, not us. Yeah, and, and I agree with that. And, and I'm amazed too. It, just be, since you're talking about this now, I'm amazed how you went uh, you went so far into uh, the um, the whole aspect of of, of the documents. The, how to create, perhaps, or you know, can fictitious documents be created? And the fact is, you ordered the the the, the safety paper, um, and, and found, in fact, uh, you, you overpaid for it in, in one instance. But but the availability of the components to create a, a, an identifying document like this just amazed me when you when you touched on it in your press conference yesterday. And folks, we do have. Links to that press conference in our uh, article. Go to HagmanReport.com and definitely watch that press conference. But I was just amazed at that. But okay, so all right, uh, yeah, this is a little bit troubling so already, and I can imagine how you felt at the time. Um, I didn't. I didn't mean to take you off your track there, but uh, okay. Well, let me address something really quick. I, and I, I just want to, I was going to do this. I just was running out of time, as Carl will tell you. We were literally burning the midnight oil. We we got about four hours sleep the, the day of the press conference. We were just, you know, you know how it is. It's sure. all coming, and all of a sudden you get the problems. But I was actually going to set up a laptop, and I was going to bring the stamper and the date stamps, and I was going to start printing off birth certificates and have people come up and try to you try to make those two stamps line up. You keep printing and keep pressing and keep pounding on those date stampers, and you let me know when you get two that match exact. But the scary part of it is, for probably less than four hundred bucks, you could be in the birth certificate business. Oh, and yeah. I could make. I, I we've been frauding birth certificates for what? Did four years now. Thankfully, we're doing it under the covering of a law enforcement agency. <laughs> but you know, you, you can do it. It's so easy. 
So well, uh, ex- exactly. But what you're saying with respect to this stamp, for example, it, it would be um, it, what you're saying to, uh, and you're talking about a date, a stamp. In other words, somebody would have an ink pad and a stamp, they ink the stamp, or maybe a self-inking stamp, regardless. But when you when you stamp a document, you're not going to stamp it in the exact angle, exact space, exact spot. It's just not going to happen. You're not going to have two exact uh, stamps and the exact with the two different documents have the exact stamp location. I guess is what you're saying, right? And not, and, the, and not, yeah. you know, if we believe these things were genuine, they would be 16 days apart. You wouldn't have that 16 days apart. And well, now, if Obama's was actually created in 2011, which we know it was, because it's the PDF file, and the ANI was released in 1995, they're like 16 years apart. And here's the thing. In order to do this, you would literally have had to stamp the Obama certificate or stamp the Ani certificate, any way you want to say it. But let's say he was born first. You would have stamped the Obama certificate, and then you would have had to have measured those angles and transfer those angle measurements to the document you were going to stamp again, precisely lay it on the page, precisely line the stamper up according to those measurements and stamp it. And then you'd have to do that same procedure on the other side in order to make an exact match. And even then they wouldn't be an exact match. So this could only have been done by digital process. And, you know, in, in our press conference, there was, if I had three hours, believe me, I would have blown you away. But we don't have that kind of time. But that's what it would have taken by hand to even accomplish that nobody's Which, doing that yeah. it, it, they're okay and, and that is really a practical impossibility I, I, I'm, I'm comfortable in saying that and I think any reasonable person would say the exact same thing uh, we're yeah, up against the, yeah go ahead Carl we got uh, about 30 are you up just a break? yeah we're up uh, at, we got about 30 okay well I can do this in 30 seconds So Mike was just speaking about the impossibility of two forensic elements that appear on that birth certificate, but there are seven more. There are nine elements like that. One of them is even more striking than that, the the, uh, the famous X's, which Mike will talk about sometime after the break. It's just astounding. That that really blew me away when I saw it. And, And ladies and gentlemen, definitely watch the press conference of Mike Zulo, Sheriff Gerald Pyle, the Maricopa County press conference, you will be, I mean, not just watch it, but share it everywhere. Just flood everywhere. I don't care if you're in Europe or if you're in the United States. This needs to be seen by everyone. Why? What does it matter? Maybe a Hillary Clinton impression here? It matters. Stay right where you are. Can we be right back? Give us three. us here on the Hagman and Hagman Report, uh, two very special guests, Carl Gallops and uh, Mike Zullo, both off the, uh, just recently, yesterday, as a matter of fact, the press conference that was held, Maricopa County uh 
cold case posse on the final analysis of the document that appeared on whitehouse.gov. And if you don't think this is important, just look around you, look at the headlines. But this is important for a lot of reasons. We have to think of the, look at the bigger picture and consider the disturbing implications of this. Not, you know, this is not about where Obama was born. This is not about, this is not even about eligibility at this point. This is about a, a, really a crime, uh, a, a crime about the about the document itself, and consider the again consider the implications. Before I get back to Carl Gallops and Mike Zullo, I just want to mention uh, that uh, I'm not sure if you folks if you've heard about this. Our new sponsor, MasterPreps.com. That's MasterPreps.com. With Christmas right around the corner. What a great place to get any last-minute shopping done. Go to masterpreps.com for all of your outdoor camping, prepping, survival needs. They got them all covered. I mean, from tents to backpacks to hunting scopes. They, they carry high-quality companies. I mean, you name the, the brand. They've got it. Uh, just a, and, and if you need a few ideas for that hard person to shop, hard, hard person to shop for, just go to masterpreps.com. They've got over 20,000, 20, count them, 20,000 products and more are being added daily. Masterpreps.com. They've got anything and everything you need for your survival needs. And folks, it's all on sale and competitively priced. So get yourself or your loved ones something great this holiday season and get it on sale at masterpreps.com. That's masterpreps.com. And, and as Mike Zillow was talking, Carl Gallus was talking, our, our guest, I, I was thinking about an interview I had. Uh, in fact, Jerry Corsi and I spent some time in Orlando a couple of years ago, and he mentioned something in passing about being waterboarded by uh, Mike Zillow. Now I understand. <laughs> he, he didn't quite describe that 16-hour uh, uh, interview as an interview. I think it was more of an interrogation, but uh, no, I'm, I, I, I jest. But, uh, yeah, uh, but Mike Zullo... Uh, of course, he needs to stop crying about it. He has to stop crying about it. It wasn't that bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm going to tell him you said that too. Uh, all right. So, yeah, nine points of forgery on this document. Nine points, and you just you covered one, Carl. Uh, you know, thanks for pointing that out. The the position of the stamp, which is really physically impossible. Uh, Carl, I'm going to kick it to you. Go ahead and and uh, go ahead and superintend this with Mike. Yeah, well, yeah, Mike needs to speak to this in, in, in more, more in more detail and more accurately than I, but um, for those that saw the conference or will see it by going to the links there on your page, for those that saw the seven-minute video of the nine points of fraud or will see it by going to your page, it's, it's, it's absolutely astounding. It's rock-solid evidence, again, verified by forensics laboratories on two continents, uh, and as well as the investigative material. And when you see this, you, 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 one of the most astounding elements, and, and Mike's got a great uh, insight into how this was discovered and the, and the profoundness of it, one of the most astounding of those nine elements was a lowly, simple little one-letter X that was moved from the Ani document, and this has been forensically verified, over onto the Obama document. And the thing that's so astounding is that they didn't just move the X, but because of the the placement of the X in the box on the Ani document, they had to move the X and the box. And not only that, 
but because the X was just over the edge of the top of the box, a part of the X bled over into a word above it, so they had to move that as well. And so you have this exact match of this Ani misplaced bled over X moved right over to the Obama document with the very same evidentiary elements. Mike, tell them how that came about, how we found that. Well, this is after years now. We we have this document, and anybody that's been following this issue, you know there were operatives and paid operatives that were assigned to this very topic, trolls that whatever information they can garner for us after we did our first uh, second press conference which look that did have probable cause but the, the biggest problem with those findings were it was going to be very very difficult to ever convince a jury that's how we look at it from our standard convince a jury that this is the only way this could happen because it could be explained away by some kind of computerized anomaly or or algorithmic code or you could have confused them so badly that you would never get a conviction. So we, we knew that and our purpose on the first of two press conferences was really to get media attention, congressional attention, uh, attention and then pass this off to the FBI. That's what we wanted to do. Mm-hmm. But it just never it never happened. So the rumor starts to come out that the 7655 Xerox copier was the forger. The copier in the White House created all these anomalies. I remember that. Yep. Remember that? Well, yep. I, I could have told you in the beginning that wasn't true. I mean, we knew that. But now what does it do? It, it's out there to such magnitude that I would be remiss if I don't investigate it. Sure. So we acquired a 7655 Xerox copier. We took the tax returns from President Obama in 2011. We took the uh, birth certificate that was released in 2011, and I had the forensics team over in Italy uh, decipher the metadata that was actually in the tax returns. That does have metadata. And we compared the quantization tables uh, in both documents, and they actually did determine that it was indeed a 7655 copier that created both of those images. So now we knew there was a 7655 involved. Acquiring the machine, the biggest problem we encountered was they could not find 2011 software. Uh, uh, Mike, if I can stop you, if I can stop you right there just for a second, because about the 7655 copier, you said that, um, just to be clear about this, you said that the Obama tax returns were, they were copied on a 7655 copier, correct? Correct, correct. Okay, all right. Um, They're copied and they were uploaded to the Internet with none of the other shenanigans. They were just copied and released. Okay. Was now I, I don't even know if you know the answer to this question or if it's relevant because I was I was listening this I wrote this question down when I was watching your press conference this seven six five five copier were these documents the tax returns copied in the White House or at the White House that is what we believe it is the same machine so we do okay. believe it was done at the White House all right that's kind of what I thought uh, thank you all right so okay, okay go ahead. So you're looking, so for the, the biggest, you're looking for the software. The software. And we actually reached out to a number of, we, we call it Xerox, 
right off the bat, and they said they didn't have that software anymore, that that software actually did have a defect in it. They had patches that corrected the problem, um, but you can't get that software anymore. So we started uh, contacting um, copy technicians, and we did contact a gentleman about a year or so ago, and he told us the same thing, that you can't get the software. A year goes by, and in a different conversation with this gentleman, he alerts us that he actually did have the software. So a whole year goes by before we could find the software, and we actually did find it the first time. He just never alerted us to the fact that he had it. So now we get the software. We get him to install the software on the machine, and now we're up and running. And through the forensics team in Italy, we ran, I think it was about 80 or 90 scan campaigns and we tried every setting you could to try to replicate the Obama document, the way the PDF file breaks out, the images that are transported over in totality and, and everything we tried. We could get really close within one layer of the Obama certificate, but we could never get it to pull over the same information that it did off the Obama certificate. And the other thing that we couldn't do is the haloing around the letters. The 7655 does have an ability to create haloing, but it's not the same haloing that's around the Obama certificate. Okay. So going through all of this, that was good, but that wasn't going to do it. So I began to look at the, do the document, and I, I knew I had to look at the document from a different perspective. I needed to get away from this whole digital forensics thing because there's just too many different ways to pollute the argument. And in doing that, I started to look at the ANI certificate again. And I was working with uh, closely with the gentleman that creates our videos, Mark Galar. And in working with Mark, we would have hours on Skype doing screen shares, looking at the Obama cert, the ANIS certificate, and Mark was always, I'm telling you it's those stamps, I'm telling you it's those stamps, and I, I said, Mark, unless they, they line up perfectly, it's not going to work in my business. It's got to be exact, because I can't go in there saying they're close. It doesn't work. So one evening, I, I'm talking with Mark, and I said, hey, Mark, would you do me a favor? Make me a video of the overlay of both the knee uh, on top of the Obama so I can bring that to the sheriff. Uh, let me explain to him what I'm looking at. Well, Mark does that, and in doing that overlay, he noticed that the ANI certificate was about one or two degrees canted. It wasn't perfectly square when they copied it. When he made an adjustment to make it perfectly square, those two date stamps lined up precisely. So now I stopped him, and I sent that information across the globe. I sent it to Hawaii. I sent it to Italy, and I waited. And Italy does all these mathematical equations, tests, all kinds of things, and they come back and tell me they match exactly. Reed Hayes calls me and tells me these are an exact match. Reed Hayes goes one step further. He says, Mike, that's impossible. He goes, I tell all my students that there's no way possible to ever precisely replicate anything done by human hand. If it's precisely replicated, something else happened. It's not done by human hand because it just can't happen. Can't happen. Right. So I asked him, I go, Reed, is, are you telling me that this is 
the smoking gun. He goes, what I'm telling you is this is a forgery because you can't have this. So once I had that kind of information from two separate entities, two separate individuals, two separate disciplines of forensics, now I get back on the phone with Mark. And I said, Mark, we've got to start lining things up in the document. I, do, I need you to do me a favor. I need you to go down this document and line up every letter of every word because this thing's going to pop out. And when he started doing it, he got the, he started lining up the six one at the top of the form and all of a sudden the word Oahu pops out in the middle of the document. But that's all we saw. And I'm like, well, the six one doesn't line up precisely, but that's really strange. I go, Mark, go back and, and line up every letter of every word. And when he did that, those six points, seven points that we described, there were eight points, nine points, it depends on how you count them. Um, they became, they just, they just peeled off the page. So we were looking at that and I call him and I go, all right, Mark, show me how they're on, just like the boxes I think you're displaying now. I, I said, Mark, they come over individually. I go, can they come over as a group? And he didn't know. He didn't even know if he could do it with the software. And when he figured out that you could peel it off as a group, all of a sudden a little X in a box becomes the point of reference, and all those words come over as one group. They are relational to each other. They juxtaposed. They are exact. That meant that you can pick those up as a group and move them anywhere you want. I could put them on that document, some other document, and they are going to be relationally the same, same exact placement measurement-wise. So that was that was something. I, I don't want to tell you the words that came out of my mouth when I saw that. But <laughs> we stopped, and I sent that information over to Italy, and I sent it over to Y, and they both came back concurring. Reed Hayes goes, this is absolutely impossible. But Reed Hayes said to me, he goes, well, Mike, I found something else. There was another X in the box that we didn't yeah, see. Yeah, this is what I wanted you to hear because he's just told you this whole process. Now, think of this. He sends it to Reed Hayes. He says, this is impossible. This is impossible. Then Reed Hayes says, but Mike, there's something else. Mike, go ahead. He says, there's another X in another box. And it was above the ones that we were looking at. He goes, that's the same X that was on the ANI certificate, but it's been used twice on the Obama. And I'm like, well, Reed, how do you know that? He goes, well, not only did they pick up the X, they picked up the box, and they had to pick up the letters above the X because the ink from the X is bleeding into the ink on the letters above it. He goes, if you look at these, they're exact matches. So there's three X's. One is on the Ani, but the same two are on the Obamas. He says to me, that's a fingerprint in your business. He goes, wow. this, this seals the deal. And I'm going to read to you what he says. He goes, my examination reveals exact alignment and positioning of the word Honolulu in field 6A of the COLB. The word Oahu in field 6B and 7D and the X in the field 7G when superimposed on the ANI certificate. It is uncanny that all of these entries are exactly the same on both documents, particularly the positioning of the X, as it would be impossible 
for a typist to place a letter in that very same position. The exact match suggests that they may have been lifted as a group from the ANI document and placed on the COLB, or the ANI certificate was a template for the COLB. The exact alignment of all these entries as a group is proof that the ANI certificate was one source utilized in the creation of the COLB. The COLB is what he refers to as the Obama certificate. And it goes further. Let me just read this to you. Even more convincing is the exact match of 6D of the COLB with the same field in the ANI document. They match identically with regard to their positioning in the printed box. In addition, the X is an exact match in its position in the printed box, and the printed text above the X also matches identically on each document. Further, when the X in field 7E of the COLB is placed over the X in field 6D, different box, of the ANI certificate, they also match identically with regard to their positioning in the box. Additionally, the X's are identical as to placement in the box and the printed text above the box are also identical on each document. It is impossible that all of these entries are exact in content, alignment, and placement unless the entries on the COLB were borrowed from the ANI certificate or the ANI certificate was a template for the COLB. That's what I was talking about, Doug. I mean, that sealed the deal, and that's why Reed Hayes, in his closing paragraph of the executive summary, says that is the, quote, nail in the coffin, end quote, in this case. All right. And, I okay, I get that. Just to recap with this, you've got nine points of forgery. You've got five points of forgery that were imported as a group, and then you've got, of course, the date stamps, box 20 and 22 and such. But, okay, and then, of course, what you're referring to with respect to the Xs, they had to take the box, the X, and the word because of the bleed-through. My goodness. And, of course, the ANI document was the source document. Just for people to kind of catch up here, this ANI document appears to be the source document for the COLB for Obama's, that document. Okay. Not likely to be. I mean, obviously, this has been, this is, oh, this is an obvious forgery. And you've got really the two premier, one premier digital forensics lab in Italy verifying this using the information you just heard, folks, as well as Reed Hayes, one of the foremost, if not the premier, question document examiners in the country here. Okay. All right. So, dare I ask, is there more? Well, you know, there's... There's more. Well, yeah, there is. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let me let me put it to you like this: your your listening audience is the only audience that has heard 
these two paragraphs. I haven't disclosed those before. Okay. And I'm going to disclose, I, I touched on it lightly. Um, give me a second to find it in the document. Um, but one other thing that uh, Reed Hayes did point out, he talks about the signature line that has Stanley Ann Dunham under the signature box in the Obama document. Oh, um, it's a part. Right over, uh, there you go. Right under the uh, right on top of the physician's name, and this is what Reed Hayes has determined. Signatures on the COLB at field 18A, 19A, and 21 on the COLB have a flat static quality. They lack the fluid appearance normally associated with original signatures that have been scanned. There is no evidence of ink characteristics, which I would expect to see in a scan of original signatures. Significantly, the Stanley, parentheses, and D portion of the Stanley and Dunham Obama signature is highly pixelated. But the remainder of the signature is not. It is reasonable to assume that the signature is not a true replica of a complete original signature, but was assembled from different sources. So, I mean, you know, it starts to it starts to get really bad for this document. So, in other words, there could be more than what they have officially discovered and disclosed, and, and right. that's what Reeves was saying. It looks to him like there might even be more. Uh, okay, I, I mean, you'd be, the, the, go ahead, go ahead. Well, I, I think where we're at at this point is at some point we had to stop, yeah. and and to understand why we're stopping here is because obviously Sheriff Arpaio did not win re-election and there's a new sheriff coming in who was funded by George Soros uh, to the tune of $3 million in his campaign and he has already publicly stated that the minute he gets in there he's going to close this investigation down. So we have until January 1st to finish this and hand it over to Congress so he doesn't have the privilege of shutting it down. Right. So we have to stop here. Yeah, and I think that's important for people to to understand because there there uh, there have been questions. I've received an email today in anticipation of your appearance, and and many of them. Well, why did uh, you know? Why, of course, did you hold a press conference yesterday? What's you know? What's the rush? What's the timing? What took you so long? I mean, it it it, it varied. They they varied in uh, in content, but I guess the big question is why uh, the press conference yesterday? And I think you answered that. But yeah, I was going to say that's a great question, but but Mike, just yeah, explain that again because I mean you, you you've had to address that several times, and that's a good question. People are asking that. Well, yeah, there's there's a couple things here. First of all, it was the situation with the sheriff. It's the threat of the investigation being shut down. Um, but more importantly, I, and I can only describe this as as divine intervention. The majority of the findings in this document have happened over the last seven weeks. Wow. It, it, it's, I can't, I can't, I can't explain it. It just came rolling in like a flood. It was literally like the document. Once we lined up those stamps, the document unlocked, and then it collapsed on its own weight. Yeah. I mean, there, there was good stuff being, that was going to be brought to the conference, but like Mike said, seven weeks prior or somewhere right around there, it just started rolling in like a flood. It was it was it was supernatural. It was un- 
Titanic. I mean, just as he just said, it was like somebody handed him a key and he just started unlocking boxes. It was it was unbelievable. Man, and I think this is so important for our listeners to hear. Uh, God does intervene and God is moving in, in wondrous ways. Look at the revelation, folks. Uh, last seven weeks, the majority of evidence tying this all together was, uh, I don't want to say gifted, but developed. My goodness, how great is that? Um, we, we're at the, bo- yeah, go ahead. I, I'm sorry, Doug, we've got just a little bit of delay. I didn't mean to interrupt. I was going to say, uh, along those lines, Doug, I mean, you're a believer, I'm a believer, Mike Zulo's a believer. Let him tell his story at some point in this you know, program tonight from the, from the supernatural side, from the, from the, um, the, the, the spiritual warfare side. I mean, this is fascinating. Oh, absolutely. As a matter of fact, what we'll do when we come back here on the other side of the break, yeah, we can, uh, uh, I, I mean, right now you've laid out sufficient, in my view anyway, sufficient evidence uh, that would prove beyond any doubt whatsoever and courtroom-ready evidence that this document that was uploaded on April 27, 2011, or that appears on whitehouse.gov, is a fraudulent document. I think that there's a sufficient evidence there. And of course, folks, go back and, and watch the press conference for the anything that wasn't touched here tonight. And then, of course, we'll come back. And a couple of things. Testimony of, of uh, Mike Zulo, what he went through. But equally important is what we all can do as Christians, as as warriors, as people on the front lines. What we all should do to support these fine gentlemen, Mike Zulo, the investigation, and not let the five years of investigation go to waste. Folks, you're listening to the Hagman and Hagman Report. Our very special guest, Carl Gallops and Mike Zulo. And, of course, the press conference yesterday. Information, getting information today, exclusive to our listeners. We're going to be right back. Stay right where you're at. This edition of the Hagman and the Hagman Report, our two very special guests, uh, Carl Gallops. His website, Carl Gallops, G-A-L-L-U-P-S, carlgallops.com. He's the author of When the Lion Roars, of course. He's also the uh, he's a senior pastor of Carl Gallops Ministries. Visit his website, bookmark his website, support his ministry. And, of course, he's been on the front lines with our guest, Mike Zullo. Uh, the lead investigator on the, uh, with the cold case policy, Maricopa County Sheriff's Office. And, uh, you know, I can't, I've worked investigations and, and I, I, I understand how hard it is or difficult it is, uh, to get a case ready for presentation for court. And especially when, especially one of this 
magnitude, not magnitude, uh, not only magnitude that is, but there is, there are a lot of components, a lot of moving parts to this. And when you get into the things like metadata and you get into, uh, especially question documents or this whole process, it would be very easy to lose people who really have ADD. I'm convinced most people just can't pay attention for more than 15 seconds um, and I think that's by design anyway but anyway having said that it's uh, it's an amazing job that what what Mugzilla has done put put this together in such a way where it is clearly evident that what appears and, and I'm going to stress this what appears on whitehouse.gov is a manufactured document before we get back to our guests and, and we owe them a debt of gratitude, by the way. Mike Zillow, five years of his life, and uh, Carl Gallops for being at the leading edge of this. We owe them a debt of gratitude and our support. Everyone should support their efforts and don't let this die. We need to be the people to propel this well beyond Obama's exit from the White House. Before we get back to uh, uh, Carl Gallops and Mike Zillow, I just want to mention that in these uncertain times, it, folks, it makes sense. It really does to have a sustainable backup method for accomplishing one of life's most basic tasks, and that's preparing food. Look, we all need a way to cook and a method to process water disruption and power supply, whatever it might be, would put a lot of people at risk out of business, cause serious inconvenience to all of us. Hey, a Minuteman rocket stove can provide your family or group the perfect solution. Folks, a Minuteman is a small, lightweight, wood-burning, and every bit as powerful as a kitchen stove with decent wood. It's smokeless and fully self-contained. The store's clean, transport's clean, because the Minuteman is so efficient, it cuts down your wood gathering. And, and I can, I'll tell you, you can, uh, you can go in the streets of Brooklyn and get what you need to fuel the Minuteman. Don't rely on gas or fuel stoves. Eventually that supply is going to run dry and burning wood inefficiently requires a lot of manual labor. The Minuteman solves all of these problems. Folks, go to Minuteman.com. Or, I'm sorry, uh, MinutemanStove.com. Sure, I do this for a living, right? MinutemanStove.com. MinutemanStove.com. I'm going to say that one more time. MinutemanStove.com for the Minuteman Rocket Stove. It's a wonderful product. We have used it. We put it through its paces. And anyone, any any man, woman, any person, any prepper would be pleased to get this, Have find this under the tree this year. MinutemanStove.com. Thanks, gentlemen, for for holding out. And by the way, there is a delay. If you're listening, if you happen to be listening to this, as well as talking, uh, you're gonna you're gonna hear a delay, which might get, get confusing. So, uh, I just wanted to point that out because there's a there's about a 20 second delay that that's done. Eric, the tech, did that on purpose because I say things sometimes I shouldn't say. So he, you know, he's protecting me. Yeah. Hey, Doug. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm sorry. You, you mentioned uh, just a few moments ago about the metadata, and you know, there's an interesting story. I mean, there were so many other things discovered as all of this went on, and Mike, some of it he can't even talk about because it's been turned over to other authorities. But some of it he has talked about, and or um, you know, we've talked about it. But but I, I want to get him to tell you. Um, 
you know, so much talk about fake news. I don't know if you remember this, Doug, but but right after the birth certificate was placed on the White House website and people started saying, ah, that doesn't look right, that doesn't look right. And then before long, Sheriff Arpaio and Mike Zullo and all of them, they got involved. There was a reporter for a major uh, mainstream media source that was on television and in the news claiming that, well, you guys that are debunking this or trying to debunk it, you're just crazy because I handled the document. I felt the raised seal. AP Press reported this. And, and, and so in the midst of this investigation and examining these documents and running the, uh, the, the scanner, the, the, the Xerox machine and all of that, examining metadata, Mike, tell them what you discovered about all of that and how this relates to fake news. When they released the Obama certificate, they handed out photocopies to the press. They did allow, however, Savannah Guthrie, to be taken to a room where she took a photo with her iPhone, a four megapixel photo of what's purported to be the original hard copy of Obama's certificate with the raised seal that she felt and she takes a picture of this thing. Now she's the only reporter that gets to see this document. The world has never seen it. Savannah Guthrie is the only one that sees it. Which is like a disinformation tactic because you take a reporter that's creditable and you show them something. Um, what we discovered is, and, and Four Labs believes happened is, this document was printed out and then rescanned in. So it was printed out from a digital file, turned into paper, and then rescanned in again. That's an anti forensics technique that makes things oh, very yeah. difficult to detect. Well, the photo that she took, the problem is, there is a clipping mask if you think of a picture border around a picture if you take the picture frame apart and you remove the border there's going to be something underneath it it's either empty space or it's whatever is being concealed under that border on the right side under that clipping mask are two pencil marks on green safety paper they almost look like open loop O's well if Savannah Guthrie truly held the hard copy, like they want us to believe, the hard copy does not have a computer-placed border around it. It should be displaying those two pencil marks in all their glory. Savannah Guthrie's photo doesn't have those marks. Savannah Guthrie's photo, those two pencil marks are being concealed by a border that could only have been applied digitally. So in other words, Savannah Guthrie didn't hold the original of anything. She is, held a document. Is that an indictment of Savannah Guthrie, or is no. that... Okay. No, huh. what it is, well, it's just no different than people picking up $20 bills and not knowing they just got handed five phonies. Ah. She just grabbed a document that somebody put a seal. The state seal on the Obama document is indistinguishable from anything else. She claims that she saw the certified copy of the long-form document uh, and felt the raised seal and snapped a picture of it. She doesn't know what she touched. She has no idea that that wasn't what she thinks it is. And the way we know it is because there's no border 
around an original document. That border is computerized. It is it is a clipping mask, it's called. It's made to cover a certain area. It's manually placed, and it covers those two pencil markings. So if you had the original document in your hand, you're going to have no border around it. You're going to see those two pencil markings. When you scan it into the computer and you apply the clipping mask, it would just cover those borders. It'd be white. You don't see it. You won't see those those two pencil markings. So there's no way she held the original document. There's just it's impossible. So that means something else has happened here. Somebody applied what she thought was a seal, a raised seal. But if you look at the Obama certificate, that seal is obscure. You cannot make out what it is. So she didn't, she didn't hold anything. The other thing it does is the photo she took, it has the exact same pixelization around areas of the document that are displayed in the PDF file. Now, you wouldn't have pixelization on a hard copy document. No, you wouldn't. You only get pixelization when you run it through a scanner. You know, Doug, you and I both are former investigators, one to one degree or another, in criminal investigations. Mike Zulo, of course, is involved in that field uh, right now. Um, so when you continually run into anomalies and obfuscations and intrigue and, and, and mysteries, you know, one reporter was taken back into a closed room to, quote, feel the seal and while all the other reporters were handed pictures. I mean, what's up with that, Doug? I mean, you know, I mean, from the beginning we were saying, hey, Sheriff Arpaio made it clear, Doug, that he and Mike Zulo, when they started this investigation, their desire, their goal, their aim was to clear the document on the White House website and to clear the president. Joe Arpaio said that from day one and said it often. He said it on, I think he said it on Fox News. He said it in the national media over and over. It's my desire to clear this. The problem is they couldn't clear it, Doug. And, and uh-huh. over and over, Sheriff Arpaio said, look, uh, Mr. President, just supply us with a ray-sealed hard copy that we can forensically examine and maybe the microfilm and or somebody in the Department of Health sign a, an affidavit swearing, uh, you know, based upon your job and everything else and the legal ramifications thereof, sign an affidavit, a sworn affidavit that you can testify, you swear that that document is real and it's on file and that PDF copy um, accurately reflects it. Nobody ever did that. No one provided anything. And then when they finally, you know, put this thing on the White House website, which, by the way, Doug, don't forget, it was one Donald Trump who forced the hand on that and forced that document to be placed. Don't forget that. And all during the campaign, he was called a birther, and he was trying, he was marginalized and finally bullied by the media into making some statement to make it go away so he could run for president and win. But the point is, the sheriff continually said, just supply us with the document, and this thing will be put to rest. I'm a sheriff. Exactly. I'm conducting an investigation. I can clear you, Mr. President, and in eight years, it was never done. Instead, you wind up with all of this mystery and intrigue and obfuscation, and we always wondered why. We knew. I mean, those of us in law enforcement, we knew, but 
Now we know what we know, and we know why we know it. We know what was done, and we know how it was done, and we know with what source document it was done. And, I mean, and, and, and now we've got document examiners from around the globe who have signed off on it saying this is a forgery. So now the question is, why all of this? Why all of this? And, and there it is. It, it's, it's the, exactly why. And I, in, in line with that, if I can ask this question too, because it, 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 it does pertain to the hard copy. I have a transcript of the press gaggle that took place on the morning when this was released. And, uh, I'm not going to read the whole thing. The bottom line here, a question was asked. Okay, uh, what's this document? Well, this is, uh, re- re- referring to the hard copy, uh, allegedly held by Savannah Guthrie. Uh, the response was, this is the letter, let's see, uh, the letter first and the two certified copies. This is one of those. And I'm re- I'm, I'm quoting a text of a, of a, of comments being made here. Anyway, bottom line is, uh, they, they referenced what this document was. Well, this is the, the, the birth, the long form birth certificate. Ultimately, is what they were saying. When did it get here? Last night. What time? Uh, between 4 and 5 p.m. Uh, and then it goes on to say, okay, and, and here's, here's what, what blew my mind. And maybe you can answer this question for me. How did it get here? And Mr. Pfeiffer, uh, or Pfeiffer, whatever his name is, said, as Bob said, it arrived by plane. The president's personal counsel went to Hawaii and brought brought it back, and we got it last night. What's that about? Is there is there? I mean, is there anything? Is there any there there? I mean, well, to me, couldn't they just have FedExed it over from Hawaii, or why did it? Well, there is. I think there is some there there. Let me, and you got to read down a little more on that. I'm going to point something out to you. But they they want to assert that they sent Judith Corley, the president's personal attorney from Perkins Coley, mm-hmm. by the way, who's hooked up with George Soros, um, to Hawaii to pick up two copies of this birth certificate, where the governor, Linda Lingle at the time, says these were handled no different than any other certificate, which is an important fact, because Hawaii doesn't do computerized files or PDF files. They make hard paper documents. Sure. The fact that she came down as personal counsel to the president makes that a personal matter for the president. And it would be his discretion whether he releases those hard copy documents or not. Right? So he's insulated there. Mm-hmm. The fact that she picked them up on that capacity, and you're, a, you're an attorney, you know. <laughs> the fact that she picked them up in that capacity takes it out of a lot of things that would happen in the White House if they just sent a staffer to go get it or somebody else. You yeah. know, so they're, they're protected documents. That's very important. There's something else I want to draw your attention to. I think it was Bob Bauer, who was White House counsel at the time. Yep. Um, in that same gaggle, he makes this statement that they had to do this legal analysis to determine if they could even get the president a long-form birth certificate. And that is a compelling statement for me, because that's not true. You didn't have to do a big analysis, because all you had to do was contact the director of health, say you're the president of the United States, and I need a copy of my birth certificate. It is solely the director's preference whether you get one or not. On top of that, 
We have long-form birth certificates in our possession that were released in 2010 for a fee of 10 bucks. Right. They make long forms all the time. They're just not telling you. So that was bothersome to me. Why is that? Well, go back to the timeline. I believe it's 2009. Dr. Fracchino, who was then the director of health, said that she strolls into the vault and she took a look at Mr. Obama's birth certificate sitting in the bound volume. But then in 2010, the then governor can't find his birth certificate. So now wait a minute. In 2009, it's sitting in a vault in a bound volume with 500 other documents. And in 2010, nobody can find it. Right. And then what happens? They can't find it for weeks. And then they come up with this story that they found a copy of it in the archives. It was half written and half typed. What is that? What that tells you is there was no birth certificate in that bound volume in 2009. And she changes in two different statements. She changes her narrative from I saw the original certificate to I saw the original records, plural. What does that mean? What do you mean records? So when you start looking at all these things and you start piecing them together, there wasn't a certificate there. The analysis that they had to do, what I believe, was manipulate Hawaii statutes to get him a birth certificate. And I don't believe the documents that his counsel picked up look anything like what's displayed at WhiteHouse.gov. I think they're different. I think they were probably manufactured by being completely typed because they were newly issued after his birth records were amended. And the problem for them is if they amended the certificate, they have to display with big letters, amended, because it loses all of its probative value. It's got no legal authority any longer. And their legal authority is weak on it anyway because it's prima facie, the, the first blush. But now it has nothing. And at that point, it's up to the body that's using the document to determine if they want to give it legal legal weight. But they could not release an amended certificate because it would erase questions. Right. You're speaking to motive now, I suspect, right? I'm going to motive as to why did you, why are we looking at this phony document? Because they, something else happened here. And Hawaii statutes are so convoluted that you can literally walk in there if you have some evidence that you were, your parents lived there and that you were born there. You could actually go and get a certificate 60 years later and have them make you a birth certificate and they'll do it. Wow. Their statutes are crazy. They're crazy. So you you have to put it in perspective. The President of the United States needs a birth certificate. He's the President of the United States. You're sitting there in your little director of vital statistics chair and you get a telephone call from the White House. President needs a birth document. We're going to come in with an affidavit. I'm, this is just my, my, you know, I'm just speculating here. I'm just for, for you know, demonstrate the sure. theory. We're going to come in with an affidavit from the president's grandmother who is going to swear under oath that she was at Kapolani Medical Center and witnessed his birth on August, whatever, 1961. This is the president of the United States. 
It is up to the director of health in Hawaii to determine if they're going to accept that evidence and if they are or are not going to investigate it on any level. Now, this is the president, your own party's president. Mm-hmm. You're just going to take it. Mm-hmm. And what you're going to do is amend the record. So even if there was some resemblance of a certificate, it gets amended. That original certificate gets put in a sealed file, and the new amended certificate becomes what's known as the original record. Even though it's not the original record, it becomes the original record. So what Hawaii is doing is they are answering the question for verification in lieu of a certificate, which is what they gave the Secretary of of State in three different states. Mm -hmm. What they're doing is they're saying, we are verifying the information contained in the document you're presenting. We're not verifying that that's the document we released. We're just telling you the information matches to what's in our file. And what that is, is it's, it's legally honest, but intentionally misleading. Because under law, they have to go by now the original file. They don't disclose to you anything ha- that it may have happened three months, three days, three years, three hours before it was decided we're going to accept this amended information and create a different document. They're not telling you that. Wow. That's why in all these certifications, and there was one certification in particular in Mississippi, that they actually reference, they actually reference in the verification. And I'm going to read that to you. It said, and this is, this is, this is something else. This one was actually done by Alvin Onaka, and it's got a beautiful seal on it. And I think that this was done May 31st. Now, we were, in 2012, we were at the Department of Health May 21st, 2012. So in this court case, they issue a different verification that looks very official. And it was for the Democratic Party in Mississippi versus uh, Orly Tates brought this suit against them. And second paragraph, the first paragraph, the original certificate of live birth for Barack Hussein Obama II is on file with the state of Hawaii Department of Health. Well, right off the bat there, you're going to say, well, they got original certificate. But remember what I just explained to you. That's right. Number two, listen to this. The information contained in the certificate of live birth published at whitehouse.gov, long form, and reviewed by me on this date of the this verification, a copy of which was attached with your request matches the information contained in the original certificate of live birth for Barack Hussein Obama on file with the state of Hawaii Department of Health. They're not matching the image to image. They're saying this information contained in this document you sent me matches the information contained in the original file the original certificate of live birth and that would be legally permissible for them to do because they're That's verifying right. information well now let me let me bring you somewhere else when i interviewed Jill Nagamini we went to the department of health in hawaii and we interviewed Jill Nagamini we wanted to talk to Alvin Onaka who by the way issued this verification about 10 days after we were there 
would not speak to the police. He would not speak to us. Locked himself, barricaded himself in his office and wouldn't come out. They sent a deputy uh, U.S., uh, excuse me, a deputy Hawaii uh, attorney general, Jill Nagamini, and we're going back and forth with her in an office. They don't want anything to do with this document. And I said this in the press conference, and it's worth repeating here. In the exchange, I told her, look, I'm not looking for another verification. I'm just looking for Mr. Onaka to tell me that this image is the same image as what he's verifying, and we're going to close this case out. They wouldn't do it. Wow. They accuse us of trying to get a verification, another verification. I'm like, I'm not asking you to verify information. I want him to tell me it's the same image. Refuse to do it. So in the exchange, I give her a little analogy. I said, if you needed my driver's license, for whatever reason, it needed to be displayed to the world, and I handed it to you. And you took my license, and you scanned it in a computer, and you changed some information around, changed some dates around, and then you display it to the world. Have you displayed my driver's license? Now, this is an attorney. She answers to me. Now, the, the right answer is no. It's an altered document. Correct. But the answer she gave me was but you still have a driver's license. But what? I'm going to, yeah. Then, Mike, i got to stop you right there. We're at the bottom. Okay. I, I can't believe it. I, I, miss, we're almost, I almost missed the break. But, okay. Okay. I'm going to stop, stop you there. That, I, I'm, I'm tongue-twisted, uh, but it's still a driver's license. We're going to pick this up on the other side. Folks, Mike Zulo. Uh, tremendous. I just can't even begin to describe this information, the level of this information. Carl Gallops and Mike Zulo, you're listening to the Hagman Report. I'm going to take the next three minutes and get myself together after that. Wow. Stay right where you're at. With us, Carl Gallops, carlgallops.com, senior pastor, former law enforcement, best-selling author, radio talk show host at the, at the cutting edge of really, uh, the investigation, reporting on the investigation by, uh, Sheriff Joe Arpaio and of course lead investigator Mike Zulo, who we have on as well. We've got, uh, again, Mike Zulo from the Maricopa County Sheriff's Office, cold case boss, lead investigator, as well as Carl Gallops, the, uh, the premier uh, gentleman reporting on this and, uh, the last segment, it just blew me away hearing what I heard. Just to recap briefly, it was October 31st of 2008 when Hawaii Director of Department of Health, uh, Dr. Fukino declared that, uh, he and the head of vital statistics, yeah, we personally saw and verified that the Hawaii State Department of Health has this, uh, Obama's original birth certificate on record in accordance with state policies and procedures. And then, uh, the Hawaiian Governor Laura Lingle, uh, who was, by the way, campaigning for McCain at the time, said that the document was authentic, okay? And then, of course, you couldn't find it, and you know the story. You can go back and listen to what, uh, what they said. Now, uh, this just, and of course, at the, at the bottom of the hour here, we were talking, uh, uh Mike was saying, okay, hand you, the, the, not speaking to an attorney, hand you the driver's license, you scan the driver's license, you switch the numbers around, put it on the internet, 
is a stolen driver's license. Um, and, and I'll let you pick it up from there, Mike. Well, and she said to me, but you still have a driver's license. She obviously didn't answer the question, but it sent off alarm bells. <laughs> because what you're saying to me is it doesn't matter what I display as long as I have something else. And then I had... Uh, I didn't even, I didn't even respond. She just offered this next statement. She said, and does the public have a right to your driver's license? And I looked at her and I said, if I pledge to proffer it to them publicly, they most certainly do. Mm -hmm. It was a very bizarre exchange, but it, it sent off alarm bells. What we're seeing is different than what they believe they released or what they have released. And this is why they want to stay away from anything having to do with verifying that White House image. And the language that's being used in these verifications is very cleverly put together because it almost sounds as if they are verifying the image, but when you truly read it, they're not. So they're divorcing themselves from this. You also made another statement to me that once we release a birth of it, you can go do whatever you want to do with it. Well, <laughs> what kind of answer is that? Because federal law says you can't. Federal law says you can't take one of those documents, alter it, and then display it again. I mean, you can't do a lot of things. So I, 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 I say all this to tell you a lot of this is in the ever-changing narratives from officials in Hawaii. How do you, I guess the, the correct date is 2008, how do you see it and then you can't find it? It didn't fall out of a bound volume. Right. How did that happen? So we know that's a lie. Let's be real about it. We know that's a lie. We know the governor couldn't find it. And then they tried to shut the governor down because they said they used uh, some kind of uh, statute that they have that you can't release a birth document or a vital statistics document without the owner's permission. So he shuts his, his inquiry down. Right. And then obviously with the pressure from Jerry Corsi and Donald Trump at the time, He's got to release something, and, and this is what he released. It, there's, there's, the big question is why. The big question is why. And, and, and there it is. Um, Carl, you had mentioned before about the, uh, really, uh, I'll, I'll call it the divine intervention, but also the spiritual battle. And, and I would be remiss. Uh, obviously, many shows would not talk about this. You do. You have. Uh, uh, Mike Zillow, obviously, and, and the members of the cold case posse, including Sheriff Arpaio, went through, went through hell, uh, in this investigation. And again, folks, we owe, we owe Mike Zillow and all of, and Sheriff Joe Arpaio and all of the people involved, and of course, Carl Gallops as well, we owe them a debt of gratitude in our prayers and obviously our support. But, but Carl, what, uh, what can you tell me about what, uh, what went on? That, yeah, yeah, well, thank you for asking. Yeah, I, I'll just give you a synopsis and then I want Mike to tell, uh, his story as well. But there are just so many spiritual elements to this. I, I, I mean, it's, it's, it has become apparent to us that from the beginning, the people involved in perpetrating this fraud apparently thought 
that it would be relatively easy to get away with. It was a very, a very complex web, though. I mean, a lot of things had to be manipulated. I, I mean, almost humanly impossible, but yet they were able to manipulate media and people and personnel and, and, and uh, experts and, and, and uh, politicians and, I mean, you know, maybe judges, courts. I mean, it, it was just astounding. And then they were not expecting for a tenacious sheriff and his investigator to pick it up and go with it, much less to stay on it like bird dogs, much less to not be bullied, not be shamed, not be, uh, you know, marginalized and, 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 and lampooned and lamblasted and, and trashed out of the investigation. Rather, they continued to dig their heels in. And that's when the war started. I mean, it was political, it was logistical, it was spiritual, it, it, it just all kinds of, 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 of things came against them, us, me. I mean, I was in the midst of it just kind of reporting and digging and doing my own research with my own kind of ex-law enforcement brain. And then I met up with Mike and the sheriff and we kind of began working together as far as, I didn't do any of the investigation, but as far as just reporting. And in the midst of that, we just started exchanging, you know, anecdotal situations with each other of things that were happening, information that was coming to us, people who were, became involved in our lives that unlocked doors and keys, people and events that we did not solicit. They just happened. They, the doors just opened. We get a phone call out of the clear blue. We run into a person out of the clear blue. Um, you know, we'd run up against a, what we thought would be a hard wall roadblock ready to just shut the whole thing down. And literally the next day, a door would just open that we didn't solicit. We had no idea existed. And as you heard Mike say, just seven weeks prior to going to the conference with the information we did have, these other amazing things started just opening and pouring in and, and, and people. And it, it, so I, I, I don't know. I'm giving you the general overview because literally a couple of books could be written about this. I'm but, sure. uh, but, but Mike and I have had so many conversations about the spiritual angle to this, the spiritual warfare, the, the demonic oppression that we felt at times, yet we continued to go forward because we knew what we knew. And we knew what we knew. And so much of it we couldn't talk about publicly. And so, you know, the detractors picked up on that. And they said, ah, oh, look at them. They're liars. They're deceivers. They they promise you something and then they don't deliver. And they say they know something, but they can't tell you. And, you know, so anyway, that's just the general overview. Mike can be a little more specific, but it's just amazing stories of, 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 of the spiritual. I mean, we had people covering us in prayer. We had people, you know, sharing with us their insight that God had given them and things that would happen, and then they would happen. Uh, it, it was just amazing. Very, very spiritual as well. Of course it was professional. It was forensic. It was logistical. It was good gumshoe law enforcement work. It was digital analysis. It was expertise and, and, and expert companies and all of this. Of course it was all of that. But there was something deeply spiritual about this as well. 
as I believe the whole, this last presidential cycle was deeply spiritual, and you and I have talked about that before, Doug. Absolutely. But uh, I'll, let Mike, I'll let Mike fill in some more gaps, but that's my general uh, uh, story about it. All right. There were <clears throat> about three or three times, I think, um, I actually picked up the phone. I mean, this was, this was making no sense to me. Uh, you know, two years in, three years in, you start getting a four or five, man, it's getting long. And, uh, it was financially crippling at times. And, uh, I remember I called Carl a couple of times. I go, you know, brother, this thing is just like a dead end and I, I need to pull out. I need to stop. And we have friends that are intercessory prayer warriors and it would just be uncanny. The next day, somebody would call and say, hey, I was praying for you and you just need to keep going. It was just so uncanny. And in my own prayer time, it was impressed upon me. I know the date exactly, October 6th, that it was impressed upon me we were going to get this. And there, the key was unlocked. The key. And this That's is, the word you got. This is what happened. One of those people that was a faithful prayer warrior, I mean, there was some evil stuff attached to this thing. She had called up my wife and asked to speak with me, and I got on the phone, and she says that I was in praying for you. I've always been praying for you. The Lord had placed it on her heart to tell me to pray over that document and ask him to unlock it. And she said it was going to drop in my lap. So that's what I did. And within 48 hours, that's when we found the bottom date stamps line up. Not even four or five days, six days after that, did we find the other information. Four weeks after that, it all gets confirmed. And we're at the press conference telling the world what we found. I can't explain, I mean, I can't explain it. I know what it is, but in the natural, you can't explain that kind of stuff. This document, I believe, I believe this has been a holding pattern because in looking back in hindsight, and this, you know the hardest thing? It wasn't so much the, the ankle biters that were out there on the other side. It's the people that are in your corner that turn on you. <laughs> That's the hardest thing. And I look back now and, and I get it. This was always here. This was always going to be exposed. It's the timing. And I don't know what happens to this going forward. I have no idea. But if this was released, if we found this a year ago, two years ago, three years ago, nothing would have happened with it because the environment, the atmosphere was wrong. So I, I could only hope and, and, and believe that there's a reason that it happened the way it happened, that the timing is what it is. And I am telling you, I mean, Carl's here to, to bear it out. I mean, I, I shared a lot with Carl. A couple things just because, you know, he's a friend of mine, obviously. But some things to make sure that if I got whacked, somebody was going to know. But we were here literally an hour before the press conference, two hours before the press conference, we're just finishing, running up, taking showers, getting dressed, and driving. That's right down to the wire to make this thing happen. I can't explain that in the natural, but I can tell you that the timing of this this release, there's going to be something to it. And I don't think it's going to be something that's going to die. That's what the world wants you to believe. That's what the, 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 
the prince of this world wants you to believe that it's for no use. I don't believe that because I just lived this. This makes no sense to me. And when it doesn't make any sense to me, it's a God thing. That's a God thing. And Bill, you, you, you've got to know, and, and, and of course, for security reasons, I cannot reveal any details, but I mean, there have been threats and death threats and, 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 and attacks that have been beyond the pale attacks that have been so vicious and, um, that, that, that most people who did not have a spiritual depth to them, and I'm not saying Mike and I are spiritual giants, I'm just saying that we we got the spiritual angle, so we did have a spiritual depth to us, but most people would have just caved because, and there were times when we wanted to, but yeah. we had this we had this drive, this voice, if you will, this unction within us to keep going. It's a matter of timing. It's a matter of a key. It's a matter of an unlocking. It's a matter of exposure. You know, I'm telling you, Doug, just to show your audience. And again, Mike and I are sitting here as witnesses to each other. I'm not going to lie in front of him, and he's not going to lie in front of me. But and I know you believe us. We're not liars, of course. But but I, on my own radio program during the election cycle, uh, totally unrelated to what I knew was going on in this whole birth certificate investigation. I mean, I was asked to do an opening rally for Donald Trump in Florida when he was still in the primaries. And and so I did. I opened a rally for him. So I, I saw the spiritual then. I mean, I prayed in my prayer over this nation that we would repent. I understood there was something deeply spiritual, uh, demonic happening in our nation. And so then we started getting into WikiLeaks, and we started watching the media become exposed for the fakery they were, and all of these various things. And on my own radio programming, I started dubbing this year as the year of revelation. And I kept saying that. I preached it from my pulpit. I said it on the radio. I said, folks, I don't know what's happening this year, but look what's being revealed. Look at everything that's being peeled back. I mean, we watched the the insider elites in the Republican and Democrat Party this year confirm to us what you and I've been believing and teaching and preaching for years, Doug, that our presidents are not elected, they are selected. And we had we had the political elite, the establishment Republicans say that during this election cycle, the only time in the history of my life, maybe the history of this nation, that the political leaders came out and said this is how we do it. This is what we do. Oh, my gosh. We were called conspiracy theorists for years for saying that. So I was saying to the people, look what's happening. I don't know what it is about this year, but it's spiritual. It's unbelievable. The veil is being pulled back. This is the year of revelation. I told that to Mike. Mike agreed with me. And we weren't even talking about the birth certificate, you know, when we were talking about it. Well, it kept moving down, moving down, moving down. We're coming right up to the end of this year. There was so much stuff that Mike was getting ready to bring, so much stuff that would have been powerful and good. Plus, by the way, the sheriff said in the uh, conference the other day, there's more information that's very sensitive that has already been turned over to the proper authorities that we can't even speak of yet. So... But we knew what we had, but then Mike gets this word, and we both get this unction that 
something else is getting ready to unlock. Something else is getting ready to happen. And then he gets this phone call from a prayer warrior saying, the key is getting to unlock this. You're going to have something dropped in your lap. And within 48 hours, nine points of fraud were dropped in our laps or in Mike Zulo's lap. Mm. And I mean, I mean, and it just, I, we could go on and on with stories like this. I don't want to bore your audience, but, but very, very spiritual. And there's something about this year that is very, I mean, God in heaven, I believe, is peeling back the veil on so many matters of fraud and deceit, Doug. That's my assessment. Amen to that. Amen. You know, we we only have a few minutes left. Um, I I have two questions, uh, and both questions could be for either one or both. Um, I'm going to ask them both at the same time. My first question is, did we miss anything? Is there anything else that needs to be said that hasn't been said um, with respect to the document? And the second thing, the second question, and perhaps most important, is uh, Carl and Mike, how can we, meaning our platform, as well as our listeners, best help you, uh, Carl, Mike, and, and everyone involved in this? What can, what can we do? Because we certainly cannot, uh, I mean, obviously our, our prayers are with you, uh, uh, but we certainly cannot, uh, uh, we, we, we want to see this advanced. Five years of, of your life, Mike, and, and Carl, my goodness. So, two things. Anything we missed, and then, of course, what, what can we do as a group, as an audience? And I'm sure our audience well, will rise to the level. Go ahead, sir. What I, what I want to do is I want to kind of put it in a word picture, and I think you'll appreciate this. Think about, you have a, I want to get a little graphic, but you have a homicide scene photograph. And in that scene, it's in a bedroom. And there are nine distinct blood patterns on the wall, on the floor, distinct. And you know that blood patterning is individual. You, you don't replicate it. It is what it is. And then 16 years later, you have another photograph. And it's in the same room. But there's a lot more stuff in there, a lot more stuff going on. But you notice the same identical nine blood splatters on the wall, on the floor. The only thing you can conclude is the first photo 16 years earlier was true. The second photo somebody manipulated by taking that blood patterning and imposing it in that photo and they concealed it with a lot of junk. That's what this document is that Obama made. It's the Ani certificate that was released 16 years ago. Its DNA, if you will, has been transposed into Obama's, and then they covered it up with all the other typing and all the other words and everything else that's around it. That's what this is. It's the DNA of a, a real document superimposed into a fictitious document. As far as this is going forward, the sheriff has said that we are going to give it to Congress. We are working on that right now. What I don't know what anybody's ever going to do. I don't. I have no idea. And you know, you have to then put your faith in your legislators, and that's a hard thing to do. But <laughs> the one thing we do want to see with this is, I do want some legislation. I would like to see the Presidential Transparency Act created and what it would be 
what we learned is the Secretary of State throughout the nation, they have no investigative authority. They have to just take everything at face value on a declaration that you are who you are and you're good to go. Mm. And you could be on a ballot to be president of the United States. We would at least like to see some kind of legislation passed that a Secretary of State has the ability, when the need arises, to go to the FBI and allow the FBI to conduct, by statute, a vetting background investigation on anybody that wants to be on the presidential ballot as president or vice president. We think it's very reasonable. The other thing we want to see in our birth certificate area is standardization of safety paper, the security paper, the green background paper. And it's in the video, and I, and I describe what we found with the, the safety paper. But if that standard is raised uniformed, you'd make it very difficult to ever do something like was done here. Very, very difficult. I mean, these are simple things that shouldn't take a lot of effort to accomplish. And there shouldn't be anybody running for the highest office in the land that has the right to seal their past, seal their passport, seal their school transcripts. I mean, I don't care if you're the lousiest student in the world, but you want to be president? You can't seal your life away and everybody guess who you are because we've been guessing for the last eight years and nobody knows. So those are the things that we would like to see. We're going to probably figure out a way to to put a national push behind this. You just got to give me a little time. I'm still fresh from the battle. And you asked uh, <laughs> what you could do to help us. You asked what you could do to help us, you and your audience. Number one, cover us in prayer. And, and and I say us. I'm not trying to include myself as though I'm as important as the sheriff and Mike and all these. Things. But but I mean, you know, I, I've been out there reporting and digging with this. Yeah. But I mean, Mike and the sheriff really, really need to be covered in prayer on this. And and as the sheriff said uh, in the in the conference the other night, and as Mike has said in the conference and in, and on interviews, here's what you guys can help us do. As soon as the new president goes in office, let's all remember, President Trump, President-elect Trump, was the one responsible for getting that birth certificate up there. He was also trashed, maligned, mischaracterized, name-called, and bullied into making some kind of a statement of renouncing birtherism, if you will. Now, this whole investigation is not about birtherism, but, but they were equating that. And we're saying, here's what you can do for us. When, the, when Trump goes in office, we need to continually remind, petition, call, whatever it takes, our congressmen, our elected officials, uh, President Trump, and everybody else, please deal with this. Please look into this. We have a fabricated, forgery, proven, court-ready case that is historical. It is shocking. It's astounding. Please, somebody... Have a congressional investigation, have a DOJ investigation, have an FBI investigation. So Congress will, Congress will have hearings on the air pressure in a football or what kind of steroids a baseball player has taken, but we won't have a congressional hearing on the President of the United States 
and somebody in his administration committing a crime to conceal his identity? We won't have an, uh, an investigation on that? Please, people, please, keep the pressure on our elected officials. This is historical. This goes to national security. Plus, we have a huge potential national security breach in the state of Hawaii. It is a birth certificate mill. You don't even have to be from here to get a birth certificate from Hawaii saying you're a citizen. That's horrific. And so all of that has been uncovered in this investigation. So there's a lot of work to be done, a lot of prayer to be done, and we need you and your audience to get involved, to stay engaged. Don't sit back and say, well, I'm going to let Mike Zulo and Sheriff Arpaio handle this, and I and by gosh, I want them to do it quickly because i got a baseball game to go to tonight. You know, don't do that. Be a part of it, Doug. You know, your audience, my audience, right. every audience we can get in front of. So anyway, that's that's my little sermon. Thanks. Well, Carl, thank you for covering this as much in the way you have. And uh, Mike Zulo, thank you again. This nation, in my view, owes you a debt of gratitude. And certainly we will cover uh, you in prayer as well as uh, uh, Sheriff Joe and everyone around this issue. Thank you so much for your gracious gift of time, uh, Mike and uh, Carl. I know you had probably other better things to do, and I know you're dog-tired. I wouldn't say better. Uh, yeah, yeah. Do I have one minute to say something to the citizens of uh, Maricopa County or not? Yes, sir. You go ahead. Okay, one minute. Just keep this in mind. This is me. This is not Mike Zulo saying this. This is me, Carl Gallup. He might slap me when I say it, but this is me. There's a man by the name of Penzone that just went in office. Sheriff Joe Arpaio is stepping out now after six terms as sheriff of Maricopa County. Penzone said just a few weeks or months ago that when he goes in office that he would absolutely dismantle this birth certificate investigation and do away with it. He thought it was, what was the word? Ridiculous. Ridiculous. And that he would do away with it. Citizens of Maricopa County, keep that in mind based upon what we now know and what happened with this investigation, that the guy that's in there now was going to do away with what could prove to be the most historically significant investigation in the history of this nation. I mean, folks, <laughs> to, to me that is just astounding. And I hope the citizens of Maricopa County will give that some deep, deep consideration as Sheriff Joe steps out of the picture. Because Sheriff Joe is the only lawman in this nation that dared to stand up to the president and the pressure and the media and everybody else to see this thing through to completion with Mike Zulo. And now the whole world knows that document is, in fact, a fraud. And anybody who ever wondered about it has now been vindicated. Well said, and and it needed to be said. And there you have it, folks. Thank you, Carl Gallops and Mike Zillow. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you both. All right. Folks, that'll do it for the Hagman Report this week. My goodness, uh, what great men. I'm going to tell you something. If Please, folks, in the the remaining seconds we have... Please pray for both Carl Gallops, Mike Zulo. Also pray for Joe Arpaio. But do something else, as I'm going to do. Get this interview in the hands of somebody you you love and care about. Spread the word about this interview. It's not about us. 
It's about the results. It's about the why. Until next week, God bless.